Tonight, fans won a statue for Nog, Picard and Discovery hit New York Comic Con, and the Walking Dead universe gets an unsurprising name. All that and more on this edition of Multiverse Tonight. Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. Here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello all, and welcome to the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. And uh, episode number 44, we've, uh, well, it's fall. How and, and how's that new fall TV season hitting you? Uh, my wife and I have got, gotten into Evil on CBS, which uh, features, uh, you know, the guy, the guy who used to be... Uh, Used to be uh, Luke Cage, and it's a pretty good show. Uh, we're also glad that the Good Place is back on. You know, it's uh, having a good time. So, uh, besides that, I have a question for you: Is ten years too long to do a sequel? Uh, I ask this because Zombieland Double Tap is coming out, and the first one was ten years ago. And I find myself asking the question, is this too long to come out with a sequel? Now, to prove the point that's too long, let's take a look at Independence Day Resurgence. It was a good movie. It could have been a great movie, but it was just too long from the first movie to this one. Uh, the first Independence Day movie came out in 1996. The sequel was 20 years later, 2016. In other words, 20 years might just be too long, too wide a space. It might have been better to just relaunch the series with a new movie or even put the first one back in the theaters for a month before you put the sequel out so you know people can remember the first one and then you release the sequel. Either way, uh, let's just come up with a rule. 20 years, too long. Um, is 10 years too long? You know, I guess we'll see shortly. Personally, I think a sequel shouldn't be more than five years after the previous one. More than that, you have to either reboot the whole thing or re-release that previous uh, episode in in a wide release so that everyone gets caught up. Anyway, let's get on with the news. <laughs> Now, as we discussed in the last edition, the loss of Aaron Eisenberg was sudden and it really hit the fan base hard. The outpouring of grief has been great and some Star Trek fans have taken the initiative and have put up a petition on Change.org to have a statue of Captain Nog on display somewhere in Starfleet Academy in a future season of Picard. It would make you know sense timeline-wise as the show does take place decades after Deep Space Nine and the time period in which Nog would or could have been the captain. So far, over 2,600 have signed, and we'll have a link to that petition in our show notes. Now, 
They were asked at New York Comic Con if Captain Nog could possibly be made canon. Alex Kurtzman said, quote, We saw that petition, and obviously we would love to honor Aaron in any way possible. So we will look for an opportunity, unquote. So I'm guessing uh, we see something in Picard Season 2. Perhaps we could also get a mention in the Lower Decks? The second season of Picard has been revealed by Sir Patrick and will start production in March of next year. He spoke about the show at the University of Huddersfield in Huddersfield, West Yorkshire, England. Speaking to the Examiner live, uh, Mr. Stewart said, quote, I'm not giving up my stage work, though it may have to wait for now because there are three projects that I have finished, two films and the TV series, which all need promotion. So I am clearing the decks for that, and then there is also the possibility of a second Picard series filming in March next year, unquote. The show is eagerly awaited and will start airing on CBS Hall Access on January 23rd, 2020. You know, I really want to see this more than I want to see Discovery. You know. Anyway, uh, Star Trek Voyager's commanding officer, Kate Mulgrew, took time out to commemorate the 25th anniversary of her first ever scenes as Captain Catherine Janeway. She wrote on Facebook, quote, It's come to my attention that on this day, 25 years ago, I filmed my first scenes as Captain Janeway. Thus, 25 years ago today, I walked into the bridge and my life changed utterly. A singularly privileged and extraordinary journey on the intrepid vessel with my beloved crew. How lucky I've been. Unquote. It should be noted that she was the second to take the role after actress Genevieve Bujold quit a few days into filming. Congratulations to the cast and crew of Voyager on the anniversary. Maybe we'll get to see some more Voyager characters in Picard than just Seven of Nine, like Lieutenant J.G. Harry Kim. Just teasing. I'm sure he's a lieutenant commander by now. IDW is helping celebrate the 40th anniversary of 1979's Star Trek The Motion Picture with a magazine-sized facsimile edition of Marvel Comics' Star Trek The Motion Picture magazine. Here's the official blurb. Star Trek The Motion Picture facsimile edition, written by Marv Wolfman, Dave, J Dave Cockrum, and, and Klaus Jansen art, and Bob Larkin color, an alien presence of enormous power enters Federation space, destroying three powerful Klingon cruisers and neutralizing everything in its path. As it heads toward Earth, Admiral James T. Kirk returns to the helm of an upgraded USS Enterprise and sets course to meet the aggressor head-on. This spectacular adaptation featuring work by industry legends Marvel Fun, Dave Cochran, and Klaus Janssen, boldly represented in its original form, full color, 64 pages, 8.5 by 11, 5.99 represented in its original magazine form. Includes all the original essays, interviews, and glossary. This is scheduled for release on December 18th, which is just a week after the movie opened back in 1979. Yeah, I was four years old. I'm an old fart, I admit it. Speaking of the motion picture, it may have been a bit plodding, but it sure was pretty. Titan Books is releasing a new coffee table book celebrating the art and visual effects of the first Star Trek movie called Star Trek The Motion Picture, Inside the Art and Visual Effects. Written by Jeff Bond and John and Gene Kozinski, according to a press release from StarTrek.com, quote, 
With this artistic guide, fans can celebrate the landmark 40th anniversary of the motion picture's release by discovering the visual artistry that made this an enduring science fiction classic. For the first time ever, explore archival material created by legendary Star Trek collaborators including Robert Abel, Sid, Ma Sid Mead, Ralph McQuarrie, Andrew Probert, and Ken Adams, showcasing, vis showcasing visionary special effects, concept art, scale models, matte painting, and more. This stunning hardback coffee table book will be published on May 12, 2020, priced at $39.95 or, 20, or 29.99 quid. Unquote. Sounds interesting, you know. Of course, I have I have plenty of coffee table books on my table right now, so it might have to wait. New York Comic Con has brought us a lot of news on Discovery and Picard. They released new trailers for both the for both the series and CBS All Access has released the first short trick, with the second short trick debuting in the following week. Marvel, frankly, I won't pay for those short tricks until Picard comes out, but. Good news, we have a release date for Picard, January 23rd, 2020. The trailer seemed to confirm my suspicion that Data is just in Picard's dreams. We also see our first look at Old Man Riker and Troy. Looks like they're in retirement as well. So let me take a moment to dissect this trailer. Again, you got the Data, Data being in his dream. Um... Two, it looks like Starfleet Admirals are still a bunch of hard asses. And third, I'm guessing that he goes to the Rikers for help, and either they turn him down or give him somewhere else to turn for help. Finally, we see a damaged Borg cube, and we know we have to ex-Borg on, on this journey, so how do the Borg factor into the story? Or is it just a side quest? You know, side quests. What we all must do. In the Discovery trailer, it looks like Burnham and the ship didn't arrive at the same time. There are also hints that the Federation might have collapsed at some point in the future as well. So I'm guessing the Discovery will have to help rebuild the Federation. So I guess we'll see see that sometime in 2020 when the show returns. No uh, confirmed date yet. Just wish they had something to show us for the from from the lower lower decks animated series. I really want to see that. Anyway, let's uh, go on to uh, Star Wars news. Roger, Roger. Now, uh, it's not often I dip a toe into politics on the show, and for good reason. But the New York Times opinion Twitter feed posted something cute after the United States House of Representatives finally opened an impeachment inquiry into the possible high crimes and misdemeanors of Donald Trump. Put up in an informational little Star Wars-like crawl entitled The Last Straw, it's very cute, and I'll have a link to that in our show notes. You should, it, it's, it's very informative and funny at the same time. Disney Plus's Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which should really be titled Oh, Kenobi. Get it? Anyway, has found a director, Deborah Chow, which has which ju she just finished up work on The Mandalorian's first season, and uh, will be directing on the show, which we'll see Ewan McGregor back in Obi Wan's boots and finds the Jedi in hiding eight years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. 
No word on when they get to work yet and what the plot exactly is. I wonder if we'll get to see Luke. He should be about eight years old, right? Maybe the show is Obi-Wan taking Luke on ventures. I hope it's not just Obi-Wan watching Luke through binoculars because that's kind of creepy in this day and age. Kevin Feige's newly announced Star Wars film is a big newsmaker lately and Ming-Na Wen and Chris Evans once in. Chris Evans volunteered for Feige's project on Twitter in response to a Collider story asking which MCU actor people would want to see in a Star Wars movie. Evans replied with one word, quote, me, unquote. Ming-Na Wen also chimed in to Chris's response with her own quote, me too, hashtag Star Wars, unquote. Wen is already expected to appear in The Mandalorian, and has more than enough geek cred to be a good choice for any role in the new film. Would you like to see Ming-Na Wen or Chris Evans on the feature project? Who else would make a good choice for a new Star Wars movie? Let me know on Twitter, email, or Instagram. So, what's in the future for everyone's favorite Wookiee, Chewbacca? Will he ever get a comb? Chewie actor Junus Sotomo spoke with Radio Times about the rise of Skywalker and Chewie's role, but he plays it very close to the vest, saying, quote, Well, we're going to have to wait and see, refusing to confirm or deny Chewbacca's fate. I would, he continued, I would love to see Chewie more, but everything depends on this next film and the story, unquote. He might have been quiet on Chewie's role. He did have glowing words for the movie, telling the site, quote, It's a great story. And we're going to have to wait until December to see what that's all about. Everyone's back together. They're going on a great adventure together, facing the ever-growing danger from the First Order. And that's going to be something to see, unquote. Hopefully, we might see Chewie in The Mandalorian. Frankly, it would be nice to have a Chewie animated series. You know, The Adventures of Chewbacca. Anyway, the uh, in The Force Awakens, you, you remember when Kylo destroyed his helmet? Well, I guess he unbroke it. J.J. addressed his helmet, which you can see in the trailer and the new action figure, which just came out this past Force Friday. Abrams told Empire Magazine, quote, Having him be masked, but also fractured, is a very intentional thing. Like that classic Japanese process of taking ceramics and repairing them, and how the breaks, in a way, define the beauty of the piece, as much as the original itself. As fractured as Ray is, as Ren is, the mask becomes a visual representation of that. There's something about this that tells his story. His mask doesn't ultimately hide him, and his behavior is revealed. Unquote. You know, they should have made a short film of him super gluing the mask back together. Hey, Robot Chicken, there's a free sketch idea for you. You're welcome. Now, Force Friday has arrived, and there was a lot of new toys that have arrived. And uh, we'll have a link to an Entertainment Weekly news uh, report that showcases all the uh, new toys that came out. Marvel will be relaunching the Star Wars comic book this January with a new creative team and story and story that Lucasfilm confirmed at NYCC. The new series will take place between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and we'll have Charles Soule as writer and art by Jesus Saz. The official press release describes the new series as, quote, 
In the wake of the events following the Empire Strikes Back, it is a dark time for the heroes of the Rebellion. The Rebel fleet, scattered following a disastrous defeat at the Battle of Hoth, Han Solo lost to the bounty hunter Boba Fett after being frozen carbonite and after being lured into a trap on Cloud City and bested in a vicious lightsaber duel against the evil Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker learned the horrible truth about his past. Vader did not kill Luke's father, Anakin. Vader is Luke's father. Spoilers. Now, after na narrowly escaping the Dark Lord's clutches and wounded and reeling from the revelation, Luke, Princess Leia, Lando Calrissian, the Wookiee Chewbacca, and the droid C-3PO and R2-D2 must fight their way back to the Rebel Alliance. For the fate of the entire galaxy is at stake. After so many losses, is victory still possible? But what Leia and Luke and a ragtag bag of free band of freedom fighters do not realize is that they have only traded one Imperial trap for another. Enter the cunning and vengeful Imperial Commander Zara at the helm of the Tarkin's will. Unquote. You know, I'm surprised that they would name anything after Grand Moff Tarkin after the Death Star blew up. Now, uh, let me take a moment to uh, refresh my whistle while you listen to this. Hey everyone, we'll get right back to the news, but first, I'd like to tell you about our new affiliate, Stitcher Premium. With Stitcher Premium, you get all your favorite podcasts, but you get them all with no ads. That's right, no audio ads, no banner ads, not even ads on the archives of some of your favorite shows. You also get access to Stitch Originals like Marvel's Wolverine, The Long Night, Issa Rae's Fruit, and Colt Cabana's Pro Wrestling Fringe. You also get access to bonus episodes, access to new releases first, and access to the hundreds of comedy albums at your fingertips, and so much more. To get started, just go to stitcher.com premium and enter promo code MULTIVERSE for a free month. After that, pay just $4.99 a month, and you can save even more by going yearly for just $34.99. That's nearly a $25 savings over the monthly rate. So go to stitcher.com premium and enter promo code MULTIVERSE today. Thanks me, and uh, thanks Stitcher there for... Uh their time the third of star of stranger things has come and gone people waited in anticipa anticipation for news of season four well your pleas have been answered season four has been announced by netflix with a new teaser trailer the video ends with the cryptic we're not in hawkins anymore unquote road trip no date when the next season will arrive but it's likely in late 2020 or 2021 the second season for Snowpiercer has moved back to TNT. Warner Media announced this past week the show, based on the film, has been announced to move from TNT to TBS. The show has not had an easy life, having lost two showrunners and two directors already. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Chief Content Officer of HBO Max and President of TB TNT, TBS, and True TV, Kevin Riley, explained, quote, We've had the unique opportunity to more thoroughly test and explore where this show will best perform. While we are still adding dramas to TBS, such as Obliterated, after further research and consideration, we've decided to keep Snowpiercer on TNT. Unquote. Now, he went on to say that uh, 
Even though this is an incredible post-apocalyptic sci-fi series in its entirety, the uh, better it's uh, better to understand the audience that the show will appeal to, and they're more confident that it will perform stronger on TNT. Now, a release date for Season 2 has not been announced, but the second season should arrive in spring of 2020. Disney will apparently be making another live-action Inspector Gadget movie, according to a report from The Hollywood Reporter. The movie will be produced by Dan Lin and Jonathan er er Eric, who produced the live-action Aladdin movie. Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel will write the script. The film, which will be based on the 80s cartoons about a detective full of gadgets, last saw the big screen in 1999 with Matthew Broderick playing the uh, title role. It didn't perform great, but it did do well enough to merit a direct-to-DVD sequel a few years later. Disney is busy making live-action versions of cartoon classics. Uh, Lady and a Tramp, Mulan, Cruella, Little Mermaid, and Lilo and Stitch are still on the docket. The Walking Dead family of shows and movies has an official name, and it's, well, kind of redundant. AMC posted on Twitter that the title was The Walking Dead Universe. Wouldn't the Walkerverse work better? Did they think people might confuse it with Walker, Texas Ranger? By the way, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger is getting a reboot starring Supernatural's Jared Padalecki. The showrunner for The Walking Dead is hinting that uh, this season will have more lighter moments than previously in order to balance out the tone of the show. Kang, talking to TV Line, said, quote, There's a certain amount of fun, even though there's this really, really tense and scary thing that's ramping up for our people. That's something we really want, want to explore with our people, a way to blow off steam. We're all human at the end of the day, and you can't always be living in a dark, nihilistic state. That's very difficult. So for our people, to be able to have these lighter moments helps them. And it helps the actors, too, deal with the seriousness of everything else that's happening. Unquote. We also learned at the New York Comic Con that Lauren Cohen will be returning to the series. Cohen's Maggie will return sometime in Season 10, and then will become a regular character again in Season 11. The sequel to the reboot of Halloween, Halloween Kills, is bringing back characters from the past. Anthony Michael Hall will be back as Tommy Doyle, one of the kids that Laurie Strode was babysitting in the original. And uh, also returning will be Nancy Stevens, who played Nurse Marion Chambers, who was nearly killed by Michael in the original Halloween. Halloween Ends will be in theaters two years on, from now on October 15, 2021. And finally, some good news uh, for fans of the now Hulu original series, the Orville. We got some news out of New York Comic Con. A panel held, was held for the show with everyone but the always busy Seth MacFarlane, and it was revealed that there will be 11 episodes in Season 3. Now, that may seem small, but it was also revealed that these episodes would be longer than they used to be, up to 12 to 15 minutes longer, according to Orville co-producer Tom Constantino. The show will return about a year from now in late 2020. And that brings us to the end of another sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. Now, be sure to uh, check us out 
on our social media. We're at Twitter, at Multiverse Tom. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And uh, if you would like to donate some money to us, uh, please visit mtpodcast.com to go to our uh, coffee or Patreon links as well. And be sure to visit multiversetonight.com and check out our affiliate marketplace links, the link to our T Public store, show notes, and so much more. Now, if you're a subscriber, please be sure to share us with your friends. And if you're brand new to the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us with, you know, some feedback and let us know how we're doing. Special thanks to Shane Ivers for our intro music and Lobo Loco for our outro music theme. Thanks to uh, for thanks to you to watch. Thanks for watching the sci-fi edition of Multiverse tonight. We'll be back in two days with the comic book edition. Now, please exit the universe in orderly fashion. Good night. <laughs>